Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com try. Go to shopify.com try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com try. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. So excited you decided to join us. Uh, before we jump in today, um, I want to make sure I give a shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. Um, they were Their customer service is and again, this is from a Midwestern boy. Their customer service is second to none. Whenever I've had any problems with with one of my three machines, they've always been able to help us. So go over and check out Dr. Dish. Mention Coach Unplugged, Teach Hoops, uh, any of our podcasts, Coach Collins, and they'll give you $400 off. You won't find a better discount out there. They will take really good care of you. And make sure you tell them I sent you. And then also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It is the one-stop shop for basketball coaches. Um, we are the only ones out there that offer 14-day free trial because we believe in our product so much that we want you to come and kick the tires. We want you to take it for a test drive. Nowhere else are you going to find a high school coach who's also coaching. Um, <laughs> giving, I just got off a, a phone call with a teachhoops.com member. So who else has my cell phone number and, and, and calls me and talks to me about things that he has uh, questions on with his team? Where else are you going to find that on the web? Go over and check it out. Um, like I've said before, it helps us keep the lights on in these podcasts and our YouTube and everything else free. So go over and check it out. And oh. One more thing I forgot. I was going to say, let's head off. Uh, go leave a review. We love those reviews. We read every one of them. Go leave those five-star reviews. Um, and let's head off to the podcast. So you're thinking of doing 221. Stay, stay with the 221. So our normal 221 is more like a slow press. You know, you yeah. then pass it back and forth, then trap, you know, once they get to half court, something like that. Okay. But I yep. was wanting to do a different version set up in the 221 press 
saying that have a different call for it. And when the first pass comes in to the sideline is to jump that hard and then close to all three passing lanes. Yeah, you can do that. I mean, you can change, you can, you can definitely change. I mean, one of the easier ways to do presses is to just do changes as far as like, yeah, when you're going to trap, how often you're going to trap, maybe you're going to trap on the third pass, maybe you're going to trap on the dribble. So I think that's good because the two, two, one will slow people down. Um, but then if you want to be more aggressive with it, yes, you could do it the first time it's outside, like we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, outside those volleyball lines, and then come at them. I think that'd be really effective. I think that'd be really effective. Because okay. our, nor- our normal 2-2-1 two, two, is back into the 2-3, but this would be just a different, uh, you know, trap hard and then just switch the man. For the yeah. Red oh, yeah, yeah. Because then once – so that what you have to figure out, though, is once you're trapping on that sideline – who's staying and who's leaving when you, when they get out of it kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, that was my, my one follow-up question to that is from our discussions that you're saying, once you get a good trap, you're trying to stop all three passing passing lanes. lanes. But if they get it out of the passing lanes, then usually I have the trap, the guy that was there stays and the trapper goes, finds the next close, next open man, basically. Got Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, I usually I make a hard, since... I, I usually make a hard fast rule, um, for that double. Like the guy that doubles is the one that's leaving, and the one that stays is um, the one that stays is the one that is the guy that was already guarding it. Does that make sense? Gotcha. My my question would would be to, um, and it's pretty simple. That if they're past half court, you close all three lanes, and then you just rotate. Yeah, and assume, if I'm doing it too, once they get it past half court, um, then I'll usually um, – hey, Jake, I muted you just because I'm getting some feedback. Um, so you can unmute yourself if you have something to say. Um, so I, uh, once they get out of that trap past half court, then we're done. I don't, I don't tend to – you know, maybe we'll do a different kind of trap once we get to half court. But, um, yeah, once – you know, we're trying to, again, trap in those top corners on the half court and then – like we were like we were drawn up a couple of weeks ago. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. yeah. I guess my question my question was this: um, Say we get the ball into the corner, full court press, and we jump the first trap. Yep. So it, it, generally, I have my five man kind of go, governing, um, watching the goal back, and only coming up when needed. If I get that trap in the corner, can I send all three guys to stop? the passing lanes or do I need to, is that too dangerous? No, not you can do that. That's a lot. Even if they get it, you're talking about the track The you're talking about throwing it in, in, in the corner on, on the, where they're by where they're throwing it in. Right. Right. And so my, yeah. my last guy in the press is about half court at this point. Yeah. You're fine. Even, well, if they get it, I mean, if they get it to the middle of the court, you're done anyway, which would be what I would say. Um, Cause then you just, you basically want to be in scramble mode at that point. Um, right. And yeah, yeah, I think that's okay. I mean, the thing is, I think you're, you're thinking aggressive with this more than the other method that we were talking about. Right. So I think that's fine because you won't do this, you know, for half the game, probably you do it for 10 possessions or something or 20, 15 possessions. So no, I think you go all out because you're trying to get, you're either trying to speed them up or you're trying to turn them over. Gotcha. I think are the two Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I just I didn't know if that was too gambling. The fact that your last uh, I don't guy think that's a long up. way. That's eighty four. I mean, it's not eighty four feet, but it's like 
75 feet from the basket, even if they get it out of that trap, you should be able to convert back and not give up a layup because you have that other guy back in the 2-2-1. So I think you're okay. Right. But I'm, yeah, I, I think you're okay. Yeah, but I'm, bring, I'm bringing that last guy up all the yeah. way to cover that last yeah, pass. Yeah, yeah. You. But he's still your safety. He's still your center fielder, so he's going to take care of any issue. He can sprint back. He can sprint okay. back, yeah. Um, yeah, and the thing is you can always – I mean, it's harder to go the other way you know, you have your non-aggressive one. It's easier to go aggressive and then go, ooh, this isn't really working. Let's go back to the other method. So I think you want one in mm-hmm. your toolbox that's, we're coming at you, like whatever you call it, red or whatever, I don't know, number or something. Um, right. Yeah, I don't think that's okay. a bad thing. I think that's a good thing, actually. Um, I have a couple other questions, but yep. I think someone else is on. Someone else wants to. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, Mike's on, but he's, he's muted. I think he's just listening. Oh, oh no, I'm here. Okay. Uh, just, you, you guys can finish. Do your couple questions. Mine's going in a little different direction, so okay. You know, okay. Finish up with what All you right. got. Okay. Okay. I just I just had a, a couple more. Yeah. Uh, no worries. Coach, when we were talking about our two three zone, about doing much more of a matchup zone, the yep. fact that my guys were just guarding areas and not men, does that same principle apply to uh, two two one full court press, and also does it apply to a one three one half court trap? Do you, is it is it different? It's a little different. A, ma- a matchup like a three-two or a two-three matchups a little bit different um, in the sense that you're kind of matching up the one-three-one. You're still matching up, but you're going to be spread out a little bit more. Um, I've run a, I've run a lot of one-three-one, and I've never really thought of it as a matchup zone. I mean, are you passing people on in, in the we one? We are, in that, we're, and we're passing them off. Really? But th- there tends to be we well in a one-three-one, you can play gaps more. Um, so you may be guarding two guys. Um, so I think the principle, I mean, my theory is why are you playing defense if you're not le- least know who you're going to guard? Um, so there's, there's matchup principles, but I don't think it's quite as the same as a two, three or a three, two, um, full court wise. Again, it depends if you're trapping or not trapping. Um, you know, when we're initially putting our two, two, one, we're always talking about like who you guarding. If you trap, you're obviously not in a matchup um, because you're not matched up at that point. You're doubling the ball. Um, but when you're running your normal two-two-one and maybe funneling, yeah, you can. The matchup prince, the matchup principles are always there. Um, it's just not as pronounced as it is with a two-three or a three-two. Does that make sense? Gotcha. Yeah. So do you do you do you allow to call? Uh, like I, we're trying to do more man this year, and I know that some people, whenever the ball's dead, they'll they'll uh, you know, dead and, and um, face guard your guy. Uh, but my question is, like, if we're in a 2-2-1 press and we get a good trap, should I be having the kids yell something like choke or something? Just yeah, you can do that. And, and we're, we're even doing that. And we always call ball out when we're in man def- or defense, too. Like, who's got the ball? So I make them yell ball just so I know this guy's got the ball. So I think all, all that communication stuff, whatever you decide to do, is good. <laughs> all of okay. it's good, in my opinion. Um, Yes. I don't know. Whatever you want to call it. I don't, I choke or double or will you, we'll literally laugh. Will you literally call trap sometimes over trap? And I don't care if they know. We're uh, cool. Those are my kind of okay. three questions all going together. So I can step out and let okay. uh, Mike or. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Go ahead, Mike. You said you had a different direction. Hi, oh, Jake. Hi, oh. Jake. Hey. <laughs> okay. So uh, one of your podcasts earlier was talking about like building a youth program and everything like that. Yes. And so 
me and uh, a couple of my coaches were trying to think of, you know, what it is that we're going to do to hopefully, you know, start build one. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you a yeah. quick little background here. So we found that uh, I coach girls. And so at a high school, yep. we found that a lot of the girls, when by the time they get to us, like we're, we're their like first formal, like basketball education, so to speak. Like they know a little bit here and there from whatever they got at a middle school level, but they, they really don't know a whole lot. And so we're really trying to work on building like a youth program within our right. city. Um, couple things, just how big's, first, we, how big's your, how big's your town and how many high schools? I'm, I'm in Phoenix. So let me, uh, I'll tell you really quickly that uh, the schools in our section uh, they have, especially for girls coaching, such high consistent turnover. Four out of the six uh, girls coaches in our section are going to be on their third coach in three years. And so okay. there's a lot of turnover. Uh, the schools within Phoenix, where I'm uh, at in our district, consistently are like bottom in the state. And for our school, specifically the one that I work at, I'm in a magnet high school. So okay. we get 30 to 40 different middle schools for kids okay. to okay. come in. So, you know, that's why, not like that's, that's, why I asked the, that's why I asked the question because it's like, okay. They're all over the place, yeah. yeah so we're just trying to think of a small town in Texas, it's a little oh, different no. than if I'm no, dealing with a big town. Okay. So okay. we're trying to just think of, um, not, not necessarily, I mean, it is obviously to benefit our school, but it just seems that in general, it's like, where do we start in terms of like figuring out what's already out there? Cause the results don't seem like there's that much. So that's kind of what we're trying to bounce some ideas and some meetings in the next couple of days, figuring out. Yeah. I, I think that's a great idea. So, I mean, I, no, I think this is great. I think this is a great time to actually break that down. Um, so I think this, and I'll have Jake jump in cause Jake, Jake started a youth program too. So I'll have him jump in. But um, I, uh, I think a big part of this is, especially if they haven't won and there's really nothing there, I think you have to build it literally from the ground up. Yep. Um, and what I have found with our girls program that's been very successful is at the younger ages, you just, you literally need to get them just involved playing. So again, I'm going to throw out ideas that I know we can't do right now, but in- <laughs> it's all good. Hopefully it'll pay off in the future though. Hopefully it'll pay off. <laughs> so it, it, literally I would start, I would, I would get to as many middle schools and elementary schools and I would run as many clinics as I could. And I would literally make them like $5 or free. It doesn't really matter. And just try to get as many girls as possible involved. Um, especially because you basically got to get them hooked. Um, I've said this on my podcast a million times. There's no street cred for a girl playing basketball there's street cred for a boy playing basketball like a middle school boy in phoenix that plays ball and is good he's got he's got cred the girls don't have any it's just not that's not the the social that's not the way they work so you got to build you got to give extrinsic value rather than intrinsic boys have like both kind of going on the girls um they need that positive input at least this is my observation they need that early on. And then it comes. It just clicks a little later for them. I, I've noticed in our program, it just clicks a little bit later in middle school. It's like, oh, shoot, I just want to do this. This is fun. Um, so I think you got to try to grab them early. This is probably, I hate to say it, but probably a three to seven year window. Oh, I'm sure. um, <laughs> this is not a one to two. Um, it took me five, I don't know, Jake would have to talk about his experience, but it took me probably five or six to get that machine kind of moving. Um, but it started like, I start. I didn't start with like eighth graders going to be ninth graders. I started with fifth, sixth, second, third, fifth, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and tried to get those groups. So I think you're almost better off 
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Not worrying about late middle school at this point and doing early middle school elementary and try to try to get that machine moving. Um, and then uh, and then I think they'll want to come to – they'll see all your coaches out doing this. They'll want to come to your school, which will be good, especially if you're a magnet. Um, and then I mean, that would be the first thing I would do. Um, the second thing is, is there like an AU program? Is there a summer program that is in your area or is it all over Phoenix? Uh, they're all over the place. Um, there's not necessarily one within my area, but at the same time, all the girls that I coach, they come from all over the area too. They do. So, okay. So, okay. You know, they're all over Phoenix. So we, in terms of that, there, there's something we could make work. I'm sure. So, so that's, so that was my thought again, not for you, but maybe one of your assistants that maybe that's it that you know especially you know more programs tend to flock toward the boys because there tends to be more money there um Mm -hmm. yeah so if maybe maybe this is again long term you could start one (laughs) um so that the girls can play all year round they can play in the summer there's structure to it um you know they won't even have i mean at that age i wouldn't even leave you don't even have to leave phoenix to play games probably um, so there's probably enough in that air, in that metropolitan area to keep them busy until late middle school. Um, what, I mean, Jake, you jump in and then I'm going to ask coach a couple questions. Do you have, uh, just a couple things, the girls, uh, uh, first off, you know, I, I built a boys program from the ground up, but I've been coaching girls, uh, soccer for the last four or five years. Uh, they're, they're a different dynamic and they're very, very coachable. I think the the most important thing when building a girls program is making sure it's fun and the whole team building and activity thing is so whatever you can do to make it fun uh, is extremely important. I think with girls in particular, Um, being affordable is another really important thing is that if you can keep your costs low, that's how you get numbers in first. You got to make it basically free and, and, and have something that's different compared to other people. But other than that, it's really about self-marketing yourself. You know, what can you do to self-market yourself? You have to be a salesman. You know, when I did camps and built my program, I did like, I did like super fun, cool color t-shirts that were dry fit, like all that stuff that all that twinkle in people's eyes. What are you going to get people in the door to play basketball? You know, is it a, it's really about, it's real. I mean, even with boys, like I was checking in with my guys today and you thought, Oh my God, I hadn't talked to them in like six months. They, they were just, they were just eating up the, they needed some sort of, so that's the thing. It's that relationship building. I think one of the bigger problems is to find, find, find coaches that can do that at that level and that are competent to do it at that level. Um, yeah. I would say that another thing is that you have to train them. You have to train other yeah, coaches yeah. to support you. Um, you got to come up. Yeah. Do, but it's going to take a little bit of work 
But, you know, like um, Steve and I talk a lot all the time on our podcast is that you don't need a million different drills to do a different different things. Just create a couple good uh, skills for each thing and go with that. I think that's and, what I think that's where you sit down with your coaches. This is where you sit with your coaches and you say, OK, this is what we have. You know, obviously relationships and and building all that stuff is normal. But I think the next step is what do you. What do you want for what? What skill sets do you want for your girls? Right. Um, and then you—that's what you have to break down. That's going to be my next question: is like, you know, what do you want them to get good at? Do you want them to get good at ball handling? Do you want them to get good at shooting threes? Do you want whatever skill set? And then you literally got to break it down. Here's what I want an eighth grader to be able to do. Here's what I want a seventh grader to be able to do. Here's what I want a sixth grader to do. All the way down to you know a first or second grader can maybe dribble with their strong hand. Um, those kind of things. The last thing I would say is invest in a good Bluetooth speaker. Every practice I got music going, stuff like that. It, it really helps with practice at kids in the middle school and upper grades when you can, you can use music within your drills and activities and stuff. It just, it, it brings a sense, a sense of excitement at that age. Yeah. I mean, what do you think coach? I, I mean, I don't mean to be like, Oh no, no, you're fine. I think uh, we're kind of on the same length, you know, our coaches and I were kind of talking about, you know, one of the things that we're going to need to do and, and you've touched on it is especially at the younger age, like make these girls like fall in love with basketball, yes. like, make them love like playing it. I'm lucky enough now that the girls I coach, they're a great team. Like, uh, like you said, Jake, they're, they're really coachable. You know, they're a great group and everything like that. Um, yeah. Oh no. I've, yeah. I've been coaching girls for a long, for about uh, close to 10 years now. They're, they're a really fun bunch uh, and just completely different than boys, but you know, they don't, they don't come with those skills, at least where we are at compared right. to what the boys are. And I think a lot of it is, you know, opportunities and a lot of it is just, it, they don't it is, it's really, it is them. really opportunities. It is opportunities. It, it's, it's, you know, I think they would do it if there was more opportunities, but it's like, there's, I hate to say it, but they're second. I mean, I can see it with my daughter, they're secondhand citizens in some respects. Um, right. it is. And so I think that's where we're looking like, let's try and fill that void, so to speak. Like if there's a need or there's a want for it, if it's out there, then why not have our school be the one to put it out there for them? So I think that's kind of our mindset. Right. And I think, and I think it can go with, I think you can do this. You can run clinics, you can run, like even coaching clinics, like, you know, I mean, you just want to be, you want to be, especially in your neighborhood or your area of Phoenix, you want to be like, if you're a girl, this is where you're going to go. Right. Literally, right. you can't be, you're not going to be all of that probably for the entire city, but in this area, if you want to play basketball and you're a girl, here's where you go mm -hmm. because that's where everyone's going. That's where we're learning the skills and that. I think it's, it's a sales and marketing thing. Like Jake said, as much as, you know, skill set, fun, all that stuff. Um, but I think the back end for you guys is like no one cares. No one cares how my plasma TV. My I, I turn it on and it works. I don't care about the <laughs> back end of it. I think your work is the back end. Like, you know, when can we do these? How can we do these? Mm -hmm. What skills do we want to do with these? Can I find some sponsors that will give out free? Ch I mean, like Chick Fil A. I know if you have Chick Fil A's and things, I'm sure you do. But yeah, yeah, we those do. kind of people love giving out stuff. I mean. You, you know, you, you, the winner of the free throw contest gets a Chick-fil-A sandwich or something. I mean, all that kind of stuff. That's the back end that, you know, maybe I'll get a sporting. Somebody's, it's going to be harder, obviously, with the world we're living in now. But all this mm -hmm. stuff is like, it's just going to take a little bit more groundwork. Um, I mean, I can tell you from when I've run camps with little guys and little girls, I mean, literally you would think me giving them a Gatorade is like giving them a car. Like I'm giving them keys to the car. 
like here's a car like i giving them a gatorade that cost me 12 cents or 15 i mean it's crazy um but it's all about that fun stuff um and then they'll be hooked and basketball's fun and like that's where you try to find maybe a sponsor you know you're probably going to be dealing with some high-risk kids mm-hmm. get every ideally when i started my youth program i made sure everybody had a basketball i i literally took like a I don't know, like a fifth of my camp money and bought basketballs. And there were green and white basketballs all around the neighborhood. I just wanted to get it out. So everyone was dribbling. Everyone was thinking about playing basketball. I didn't care what it cost. Um, It was marketing in that sense. I never thought of it as marketing. I more thought of it as they're just, I, but I loved it when I was driving around and there's a green and white ball, there's a green and white ball, there's a green and white ball. That's, you know, boom. And half the, half the kids didn't come to a memorial. They went to another school, but mm-hmm. it was out there, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, I mean, what do your coaches think, your assistants? Um, <laughs> I think for them, it's, it's, it's hard uh, to even, like, have the vision, I think, for what it looks like. And, and so that's kind of what we're trying to figure out is, you know, what is that sort of – what does it actually look like in practice? I think with, you know, Phoenix being as big as it is, and like you said, we can focus in on our neighborhood, but I think, um, you know, it's kind of, okay, you know, how do we get that going, you know, get, get the marketability aspect out there where we're like, we're doing these camps, where we're doing these clinics sort of things, just the way to market it and everything like that. Because, you know, perfectly honestly, my other, the other coaches I work with, they're big X's and O's guys, you know, that this isn't really necessarily something that they're super either knowledgeable right. and, and, or and, and, like understanding and, 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 about. But, but you need those. Those are, those yeah. are good. You no, need- no, no, absolutely. But what we're finding, like I said at the beginning, is that these girls, when they come to us, their education, their, their basketball education is so limited right. that, you know, they're at, you know, fourth, fifth grade level by the time when they get to us. And so we're like, well, we, we got to do something. And if like, like we talked about, if that need isn't being met, which it clearly isn't, um, right. why not have us try and fill that do void? You, do you think if you, let's say you ran five clinics, let's say the fall opens up and you ran five clinics in the fall, do you think you would get girls to sign up for it? Yeah, I think we could. I, I think it depends on how it gets marketed and everything like and that. How could I, you, I how, that I, and how that's the question, I think. This is the question. This is the issue I had. Um, when I started was how could I get the word out? Like, right. I didn't have email addresses. I didn't have mailing addresses. It was literally knocking on doors, stopping at elementary schools, handing out flyers, hand, going to, you know, going to a youth football game saying, Hey, I'm running a camp. Here's a flyer. You know, it's like 10 bucks for three Saturdays, whatever. I'm just wanting kids to play basketball. I mean, it was literally like, it, it what it's like well, local think, local politics i swear to god yeah. someone told me this early on the way you win a local election is you knock on doors <laughs> like yeah. if you want to be a councilman you knock on doors it's not like running for president so it's the same with this camp is like initial and then once you get that that email address and that phone number and that address you're home because then you got them because right. then they're in your they're in your database but right. it's finding them initially that's hard well, I'm fortunate enough that I did work at, for a few years, uh, one of the middle schools that kind of feeds into okay. our district. So I do know kind of like the athletic director or activities director for that district. And I have, you know, enough kind of connections at some of the schools in that district. It's a middle school. It's a K-8. Okay. So that might be kind of a starting place because yep. you know, they know me. And the and thing is, here, here's, 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 the, here's the worst case scenario. And Jay can jump in on this. The worst case scenario is you just, you just hit that place hard. And then if it's good word gets out trust me mm-hmm. i mean word will go like because 
if I have a fifth grade daughter and she plays basketball and all of a sudden I hear about something, it's like, you know, it's like playing tele the word will, it's kind of will spread like, Ooh, you gotta go to this. Ooh, you gotta go to this. So, um, that's where your X and O coaches and your drill coaches and all that, like, yes, maybe I'll do the marketing part, but then let's come up with a really fun, good interactive camp. So they want to come back. Um, you know, that kind of thing. No, no. Yeah, I agree. Um, and the more that we've talked about the marketability part, I think that's really emphasized it for me, especially, um, I don't know how it is, you know, back, back in Wisconsin, but I know in Illinois where I grew up, it's a lot different than Arizona where um, in Phoenix in eighth grade, the kids have their like homeschool that they would naturally go to, but they have right. the ability to go to any public or any high school that they want to. So uh, there is already like levels of recruiting that go on to try and get kids, even in eighth grade, to go to all these different high schools. So I think what you said is, is good that. Right. And you're not, you're not necessarily recruiting. You're just marketing. Like, right, right. And just having the presence there that you said Mm -hmm. that, you know, Oh, girls basketball, that's associated with, you know, the school I work at, or at least it's in the conversation. Right. They're thinking about it. Yeah. That's what you want. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You want that like forefront. Um, Yeah. You don't always win every battle, but you'll win some of them. Anything else? Jake and I have to go do like (laughs) some, (laughs) some podcasts tonight. So for high school hoops. So. Hey, thanks, coach. Thanks yep, no problem. I'll watch, watch Facebook. I'm going to try, I'm going to, um, it's on my whiteboard here in my office. I'm going to come up with, I'm going to try to find at least twice a month that I know I'm going to do it consistently over the next four or five months. Like I'll pick a morning and probably a lunch or something, not a morning, an evening and a lunch, um, to just give people different options. All right. See you. Perfect. Thanks, Coach. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Make sure you subscribe and like. No matter where you listen, Apple, Spotify, we love those five-star reviews. Make sure you also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.